This is the Welcome to Perth podcast, showcasing the stories behind our events, entertainment and lifestyle. These are the stories of how they came to be and what the future has in coming. Yeah, a little side hustle going on. Um, it's called Zolly. Bit of uh, a bit of producing, bit of is it house music that I've seen from you. Yeah, the first release has, or yeah, my personal release has been pretty dancey. Um, but before that, I was kind of doing a couple of features. I did one for Cassian and one for uh, Benson, which was just vocals. But it's basically the idea of it is just to have an outlet that's not Cougar Colors. So if I wanted to, um, like, if I have any songs out or sitting on a hard drive that I want to release, that's, you know, doesn't really apply to the Crude Colors project. Or if I want to do a vocal or something like that, um, then I can. I've got an alias to do that. So there's no real clear cut definition of what it, what it is, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. I like it. A bit of creativity. We'll have to get you down on one, yeah. of, uh, one of our beach parties um, playing a set maybe. <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's yeah that's what it's all about it's just to be able to to do whatever uh and something that's not too serious and and not too uh restrictive i guess yeah i love it and so currently uh currently locked down of sorts down in uh yeah country wa so down in rockingham um how long are you planning on uh on being down there uh man at this stage it's all up in the air but we're we're pretty fortunate to be able to have this place to come to um I know a lot of people are kind of stuck where they are or stuck in situations where they can't get home and stuff. So we're, we're actually really lucky to be able to just run away here. We've got a really nice pad here on the beach. So I've just been writing music and chilling out. But yeah, we'll see it where it goes. Ideally, I guess, I mean, the biggest thing for us is to be able to tour. Um, so hopefully not for too much longer. We were meant to be on tour this week, actually, for a big Oz tour. So um I think the the um, reschedule for that is in September. So fingers crossed by September we can be back on the road. Yeah, and then that was uh, so that was Australia wide and New Zealand as well. So it was going to be Centenary um, Pavilion down if uh, the Perth Lake, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. Yep, yep, yep. So I don't know. We'll see how it all goes. It's all like no one really has any answers right now. So yeah, yeah we yeah. just got to. Very interesting indeed. Um, and did you have to fly home for um, to get back or were you already back in Perth and just it was good timing? No, we were actually, my partner and I were in LA at the time. So we were actually in the middle of uh, a Rufus tour in the US. We were busy supporting them. Um, and then that got cancelled midway. We were in New Orleans. It got cancelled and then the next day we flew back to LA uh, and then I think we were there for two days and then we decided that it'd probably just be better to ride it out here in Perth where family and stuff is before the flight stopped and all the um, borders got closed. So we flew back and then literally a day later, they closed the, closed the borders. So. Yeah. How was the, uh, how was the tour going with Rufus? It's such a powerhouse Australian artist that they are. Yeah, it was really cool. It was such a weird thing for us because the first two kind of, legitimate tours we did was supporting them here in in oz which was in 2015 i think um 
so it was funny to be in the same situation five years later but just in a in a different continent in like bigger rooms and stuff it was it was a bit of a trip out yeah um and those guys are still they still have the same crew and, and like everyone's still the exact same so it was, it was pretty strange but it was a lot of fun yeah awesome just a few uh, just a few more places to visit with our capital cities over in the states yeah, yeah it's like non-stop it doesn't end so re, uh, um, re, rewinding all the all, all the way back. Um, uh, oh, actually, were they one of the were they one of um, your influences um, with your music? I guess you guys were sort of coming up around the, around the same time. But have they had much of an influence on on the way that you know you guys perform or or make your music or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing for us was when we first started. Um, a lot of the basics about touring and how to conduct yourself and kind of the, just the business decisions that you make when you start out. Um, we got from them, especially just because we were on those tours right at the start. We got, we got to see how they were doing it and um, the approach that they had. So that definitely shaped our, our, uh, our drive and our direction. Um, and in terms of music, yeah, hundred percent. They just had, they're one of those bands that, that has the, the ability to be relevant and kind of nostalgic at the same time. Um, uh, and even I was listening to that first record of theirs the other day and it's just aged really well. So yeah, hundred percent. You can, you can, you can dance, dance to them, but you can also, yeah, just be chilling out, lying on your bed, listening to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. hundred percent. It's very versatile. And so with, um, with you guys, um, let's take it back to probably um, school years. Uh, were you in bands as, as, as a school kid? Did you always want to be a musician? Uh, I wasn't. I actually, like I played a bit of guitar and stuff through high school, but I was never really much of a musician. I didn't study, study music or do the music program at school or anything like that. Didn't sing? Uh, it wasn't a school? No, I never sang. Um, in fact, I didn't actually, I wasn't singing in crude colors to begin with um we were making just kind of instrumental music because none of us could sing <laughs> um so yeah it wasn't until after high school that i started uh doing kind of open mic nights and stuff because i was we were growing up in mandra so we'd come up to the city um i don't know if you remember the old like um uh, what was it called the old metric nights yeah 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 uh speakeasy this was it speakeasy or was it um oh, no before speakeasy what was the one before that it was uh, like down that laneway that um that, yeah mother was it called mother yeah mother yeah yeah good memory yeah um, it's mother and father and it was uh that's what? Right. republic 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 that's it yeah <laughs> yeah no so we used to we used to come out and and um and hang out of those and Luke and those guys would give us little open mic nights at the village bar and stuff like that. So that's kind of when we first started playing music and taking it seriously. Um, and yeah, then we made the band. I tried to sing for a while and uh, kind of, we started writing music to kind of make the vocal work because the vocal wasn't that strong. Um, and I think that kind of gave us a little bit of a direction and then, uh, yeah, just started kind of getting gigs like you guys and, a few of the other crew around town were putting on, started putting on events and, and uh, yeah, that's how it all started. And then, so the transition from, I guess, playing, you know, to local promoters, um, festivals and shows and um, bars and clubs, how did you make the transition 
from Perth to nationwide and starting to play on on festival lineups? Um, I think there's a few key elements in it. Um, one th- the main thing is, I think really just we got surrounded by a team of people that were really passionate about what we were doing. Um, our manager Ben was a big key in in making a lot of decisions and pushing us in the right direction. Um, we started a relationship with a lady called Dana Young, who at the time was archery yeah. um, booking agent. So people found us and we found people that were, were interested and, and passionate and kind of just believed in us, which we're really fortunate, uh, which we're really lucky to have. Um, and other than that, I think Triple J was a massive one as well, having unearthed there as a platform because um, you could see what other bands in Australia were doing and you could put your stuff in front of present like radio presenters and bloggers and stuff like that. That was a big thing for us. I think a lot of our opportunities came directly because of Triple J and Triple J on Earth. Um, the first festival we played was um, Laneway through Triple J on Earth. You know, stuff like that happened. Um, yeah, and then I guess just sticking at it, like a lot of people, you look, a lot of people look at bands and go, oh yeah, that's you know they they had a sick song and then now they're touring and and you know they're playing in a state and they're doing that. Let's go see a show and it kind of happens really quickly. But if you're on the outside, you probably don't see the two or three or four years that that band was probably gigging around not really doing much and just kind of, you know, working away at it. So it does take a long time. you got to stay really persistent. Because you started Crooked Colours in, what, 2011? Yeah, 11, 12, I guess. Probably to, probably start of maybe February 2012, I guess. Yeah. And then fast forward a few years and then that's when you're starting to get some, some bigger breaks uh, and starting to go, I guess, more national. And then when was your first... Uh, when was your first show overseas? Well, New Zealand are like our brothers, so we, we won't call New Zealand overseas. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, go yeah. further out than them. Um, I guess the, fir- the first ones was, uh, I guess you, you kind of get to a point where you're building a solid kind of tra- tra- trajectory in your home country. And then it's the smart thing is to t- start building a little bit of interest overseas. So, from a financial point of view, you kind of go pick one. So you either pick UK and Europe or the US um, because it'll take at least probably the amount of time that you spend in your home country to, to gain a bit of a following. It'll take that again over there. And for the first two or three years, it's just going to cost you money. So you kind of want to pick the, pick the place that you want to put your, your effort into and then kind of invest that time and money. So, the first, I think, year we did the US and we just played um, showcases. So that's just uh, for people that are listening, like you basically go and play for industry people. Um, it's not really shows. It's it's a whole bunch of international bands come to one place, like say New York or LA, and you just play for other people in the industry, like labels and managers and stuff like that. So we did a bunch of those in the US. Um, and then I think... We had a few tours come up in Australia and then we focused on Australia again. And then uh, we tried UK and Europe for maybe two years. We did a whole bunch of tours over there. So just jumping in a van and grinding through Europe, um, which was a lot of fun, but also very expensive and tiring. Like 
smashing out like 30 shows in 40 days, like that kind of stuff. Were you getting on um, Um, each other's nerves um, driving around in in that van? (laughs) I I like to think probably not as much as what a lot of bands do. I think we're, we're really lucky in the sense that we don't, we, we get along really well. We don't, it's not like very fiery, like where everyone's pretty chilled and, and calm and everyone kind of just gets the job done. So we're really lucky in that sense. I know a lot of people struggle with, with being in a van with other people the whole time, but um, no, it was actually, it was actually a lot of fun. Just tiring, like just a lack of sleep. And it's very hard to not get overwhelmed with being in a different country and wanting to party all the time. So you kind of burn <laughs> yourself out. Um, but yeah, we did that and then realized that, yeah, we had to focus on one. So it was either going to be the US or, or Europe. And we were doing pretty well in, in Germany and London. Um, but then things kind of, kind of just picked up a little bit more in the US. So the last like two years, we've, we've really focused on the US a lot and, and it's really paid off for us. Um, so yeah, US has been a lot of fun this last 12 months. And what's the what's your most um, enjoyable gig you've you've uh, you've done so far? Well, there's a bunch, um, but I think standouts would have to be our first Splendor that we played. Uh, that was a really big one. It was just after uh, the album, I think our last album came out, so that was just a big. We hired a big house in uh, the hinterland near Byron, and we had. You know, flew out all the girlfriends and a few mates and stuff. So we made a big trip out of it. That was really fun. Another really fun one was um, the second forum show we did on the last Australian tour. Yeah. It was also the same thing. It was the end of the tour. We we brought our families and friends and stuff. And yeah, it was, that was a really nice one. And just having everyone singing your songs, is that a, still a spin out or do you get sort, of, get sort of used to people knowing your, you know, tracks that you guys have broke? Uh, not, no, I haven't gotten used to it. It's, it's always a spin out, especially if you're somewhere else. Like if you're in the US, in like Vegas or somewhere bizarre and <laughs> people know your music, that, that, that's always a spin out. Um, it's always, always very humbling. But um, I don't know. I guess if you get like proper crazy famous, then you probably at some point get over it. But I haven't. <laughs> uh, we'll chat. We'll chat then. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> now, now the um, so you you've got your rescheduled tour. Um, so that's in the immediate future. When uh, obviously it's it's hard to know when all this will sort of life will go back to normal if it if it will come back to some sort of normality. But after the rescheduled dates, you get them done and I imagine you'll do the rest of the Rufus um, uh, tour as well. What's, um, what's, what's on the cards for Cooker Colours um, after all that? Well, at the moment, we've kind of, yeah, we've got that uh, six to eight month period sorted out with our shows and, and, try and wrapping things up with Rufus. Hopefully that um, can get rescheduled and sorted out soon. And then it's from here on out, it'll just be dropping new music. We're, we're busy writing an album at the moment, which we're doing for the first time with a US label and, and a bigger team over there. So that's really exciting. And there's a lot of stuff cooking up with that. So at the moment, we're just, just trying to stay ahead of the curve with writing music and getting all the assets and content and everything ready so that we can pull the trigger when everyone's ready. Yeah, I love it. Well, from uh, outside looking in and watching you guys come up from just 
you know, playing a, a 200 people show in my little small bar back in what well, would have been 2012, <laughs> I reckon, to watch them where you guys have, have yeah. gone to. It's, re- it's really impressive. And um, yeah, big ups to you guys. Um, but obviously, it hasn't come easy and you keep working at it uh, and you're still working hard now. So yeah, good job, man. And, uh, and looking forward Thanks, to seeing you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you.